Welcome to The Buzz, I'm Christopher Conover. On today's show, we look ahead at the 2020 election in Arizona, when a U.S. Senate seat will again be up for grabs, and the state could be a major player in presidential politics. We're the home of Barry Goldwater Jr. We are the home of, of legendary Maverick John McCain. And so you look at our history or lineage, especially on the statewide, is that we're not really a Republican state, we're definitely a very independent state. Mike Noble is the chief pollster with Phoenix-based OH Predictive Insights. His polls closely tracked last fall's U.S. Senate race between Democrat Kirsten Sinema and Republican Martha McSally. Now that both have become U.S. Senators, he's closely watching the 2020 contest between McSally and Democrat Mark Kelly. Early polling shows that race will be extremely close, but at least 10% of those polled are undecided. These races are incredibly high profile. If you're talking about a state legislative race, you're looking at probably 60, 70% of undecided or corporation commission on a statewide level, it'd be 70% undecided right now. But when you're talking about Senate, these are definitely the ones most watched. Also, they spent the most money. So the last Senate election was a record breaking number. There was over $100 million spent in the Arizona Senate contest, which again, I mean, when you're spending that much amount of money, it's really hard for folks not to a, know about it or really have an opinion of, of where that race is going. Does Martha McSally get any incumbency effect or because she was appointed and it's so short, she she might as well just be a new candidate? Uh, yeah, so typically Senate is a six-year term, but with her getting appointed, she uh, is up for the next election, so she's only in there for two years. So she definitely doesn't probably get really much of any benefit from that. If anything, it actually hurts her because now uh, she will then, of course, have a Senate voting record, and we see some of these controversial issues right now um, that could be used to go after her. When it comes down to this U.S. Senate race, looking at issues, what are going to be the issues that could decide this race one way or another? Well, I think it would be interesting to see if the campaigns, uh, the Democrats, did they take away what uh, Kirsten Sinema's success from last election, and is that you know running to the middle or running to the left? You could be like David Garcia running for governor against uh, Republican Doug Ducey. He ran to the left as a progressive, and he got absolutely crushed. And that's probably a good example of what not to do. Sinema, for example, went and established herself right in the center, and she won in a midterm year, which is typically very uh, uh, advantageous to a Republican. And she won Maricopa County, which is also you know, a very Republican-heavy area. And so I think this year is going to be fascinating to watch. Let's talk about Arizona voters. Right now, registration sits at Republicans, independents, and Democrats in that order. Still very close in registration numbers. Coming into the presidential year, what do Arizona voters do? So before that last election, every statewide office was actually held by a Republican. Five statewide offices actually now have transferred the, that went to Democrats, two in the Corporation Commission, uh, Secretary of State, and then Superintendent of Public Instruction and U.S. Senate. So you saw already that, and I think a lot of it was moderate Republicans or suburban, uh, more affluent Republicans kind of defecting. And of course, independents weren't really swinging Republicans way. So now you move into a general election year where you're going to have a larger amount of independent voters come out and a larger amount of 18 to 34 or younger folks and folks that just typically don't vote. Usually midterms, it's the same type. It's very consistent of who comes out and votes. But we saw there was a large amount of 
turnout compared to what we've seen historically. So Republicans, if they thought they had a, a rough year uh, this last election, if they didn't learn the lessons from this current one, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening, unfortunately, come November. So what were the lessons? Well, I think the big lessons were is, you know, where your positioning matters is that typically you run, if you run very hard to the right or very conservative, just because there's enough where more Republican-leaning state and typically the uh, independents have leaned our way, that is just not the case right now because you, when you're losing some of your base support, because any given poll, you saw Republicans were anywhere from 14 to 18% that were siding with the Democrats. Typically, the crossover vote is a wash. And so what we saw is that, you know, if you're losing a bit of your base, but then if you're also losing independence by 10 points or so, how do you get to 50% plus one? We are the home of Barry Goldwater Jr. We are the home of, of legendary Maverick John McCain. And so you look at our history or lineage, especially on the statewide, is that we actually, even though the registration's there, we're not really Republican state. We're definitely a very independent state. And the last presidential election showed that President Trump won here by close to four points. It Correct. was three and change, mm -hmm. which is not a huge margin, especially given the registrations nope. here. And now and when people are new, now he has a voting record. He's clearly been in there. And so, and of course, the poll is showing that it's not looking good for him at the moment. But right now, the Democratic field is so incredibly wide. I, I mean, I, I probably can't even count that high of how many candidates are currently uh, out there. And so... It, 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 it's, it's who will end up being that nominee. Because everything at the top of the ticket really affects everything down. And we saw that last election with Trump hindering a bit of the GOP. And, and again, they, they will spend an incredible amount of money uh, on that race. And Arizona will absolutely be in play this year. Normally, we don't get much spending or love during a presidential. But this one, I think you're going to see both parties investing significant resources, not only the presidential, but on the battleground of the, of the closely uh, ranked Senate. President Trump right now talking a lot about immigration, a lot about the wall. How does immigration poll in Arizona as importance versus nationally? Are they similar? Or are they different? Given ge geographically, so if you look in Connecticut, immigration border security is incredibly low on their priority list. But when you come to a border state, especially Arizona, Immigration has, was our number one issue for a long time. However, last year for a good portion of it was education. And what kind of changed that around was until the migrant caravan issue that came about roughly in about October, where you saw a spike in immigration as the top issue. You know, when education dropped down, but they've, they've started adjusting back to the mean. But And we had two or three of the major national figures on immigration, Joe Arpaio, Sheriff Paul Babieu, and we're the home of SB 1070. So that <laughs> immigration is absolutely going to be important until there is either a, a comprehensive immigration form or a wall or a mixture of both. So until that point, I see it as being either the top or one of the top issues in Arizona. Probably for most of the nation, when they think of Arizona, they think of Phoenix, maybe they think of Tucson, so they think of very suburban, or very urban, rather. Uh, but we have a lot of rural areas. Do those areas still significantly vote differently? Oh, and yeah. is that a... Absolutely. So the, what, what you see always in the demographics when you're looking at the region tab is that when you're looking at Maricopa County, six out of every 10 uh, statewide voters come out of Maricopa County. Then you have roughly about 16% uh, total that come, 16, 18% out of Pima County. But then you have the rest, the other 13 counties, which is your rural Arizona. And that 
rural Arizona is incredibly conservative, but those aren't the growth centers compared to where Maricopa and Pima counties, where you have the universities, you have the jobs, you have the infrastructure and the growth. So um, uh, that's something interesting to watch too. All right. Well, thanks for sitting down with us. Not a problem, Chris. Thank you. That was Mike Noble, the chief pollster for OH Predictive Insights in Phoenix. This week, we're looking at the 2020 election. In January, Arizona's Republicans elected Kelly Ward to lead the party. She ran twice for U.S. Senate, losing to John McCain and Martha McSally. We begin our conversation talking about what her priorities are as the new head of the Arizona Republican Party. It's, it's so exciting to be uh, leading the Republican Party here in Arizona in, in an exciting election time like 2020. I mean, there is so much happening on the ground. And so we're working very hard at the party level to fill out our precinct committee men slots, which is the, you know, they're the building blocks of the party. They're the people who go out and do the activism, who knock on doors, who, who uh, make sure our, our products are delivered to our audience. So we're making sure that they are strong, that they're trained, that they have the resources in place to be able to do the job, that they're building relationships with the people in their communities so that when 2020 comes around, we're able to activate that invincible army to win for President Trump, for Senator McSally, and for Republicans all the way down the ballot. The other, uh, some of the other priorities are making sure that our election our elections have integrity, looking into irregularities that happened in 2018 and making sure that they aren't repeated, making sure that every single legal, legally cast ballot is counted. We're supporting our legislature. Um, you know, the, the legislature is very close here in Arizona these days. And so there are a lot of great Republican bills and we're supporting those efforts to lower taxes and to decrease regulations and to give more freedom to Arizonans across the board. When you took this job or, or were voted into this job, some people I think were surprised and called it a bit of an upset. What does it say about where the Republican, the members of the Arizona Republican Party want this party to go versus where it's been? Yeah, I, I think that my election to the position of, of, of chairman of the Republican Party of Arizona really is a signal of a bright new day in politics for Republicans in Arizona. For too long, there was a lot of power concentrated in the hands of the few. And I think that returning that power to, to the majority of Republicans is very important to the Republican electorate. They also, I think, saw in me the, the chance to unify the party, finally. The, the Republican Party across the board, across the country, has had some fracturing over time, and it's time to bring it back together. We support so many of the same things. We stand up for faith and family and freedom, and we want to bring everybody into the fold. It isn't about taking away from one group to give to another. It's about spreading that out so that we all work together. We don't waste one drop of Republican talent, and we put in excellent policies that are going to allow the people of Arizona to prosper. 2020 is going to be a big year nationally because we have a presidential election, but here in Arizona we've got yet another U.S. Senate election. Looking back at 18, Governor Ducey won, but Senator Sinema also won. They had to have gotten some of the same voters to pull that off. How do you bring Republicans that voted for Senator Sinema back into the Republican tent 
and Democrats who voted for Governor Ducey, how do you keep them in the Republican tent? You know, I think that Senator McSally is going to have the toughest race in the entire country. And people might not realize that she started out as really the low man on the totem pole in all of the Senate, Republicans and Democrats. She was the last person to be able to choose her staff and to get the ball rolling. And she's got the toughest election because she has to run in two short years. So she's working very diligently on the policy chops, on delivering on the president's agenda and on the Republican agenda at the Senate level. While we here in Arizona are working very hard to build relationships with Senator McSally, with the, the people across the board, so that she's as strong as possible going into 2020, and she's able to keep that seat Republican. Um, so we have to learn lessons from 2018. I think 2018. I think that's another reason why I was elected to this position. We had some some uh, very big bumps in our road and lost some seats that I don't think we should have lost. So our strategy has to change a bit. Our ground game has to increase. It was a great ground game, but it has to increase significantly to be able to reach the people who are going to be making those votes. And I'm confident that we're going to go into 2020 in an extremely strong position and win big come, come election day. For those of us who like to read tea leaves, political tea leaves, President Trump won Arizona by just under 4%. Then Senator, now Senator McSally, when she was running in 18, strongly supported the president, but she lost to now Senator Sinema. What kind of tea leaves, or are there any tea leaves that anybody can read about the Republican Party and voters in Arizona based on all of that? I mean, I think 2016 was a, a, a an entity all to itself. It was uh, something that many people never thought would happen, that president, that, that there would ever be a President Donald J. Trump. And his, his election was amazing, and it energized a lot of people in the country who really had, had lost hope, maybe, towards, uh, towards the political process. And so we're going to continue with that momentum. And I think that one of the reasons the president was not able to be stronger in Arizona is we had two senators who were not supporting him. And both of those senators are now gone. So now we've got Senator McSally, who is with the president. And we've got a congressional delegation that is with the president. And we've got an electorate that is with the president. Because when they look at their lives right now, and they say, was, it, was I better off three years ago? Or am I better off now? Almost everyone across the board is saying they are better off now and they want more of what President Trump and our Republicans across the board at the, the federal level and the state level have been delivering. So I think we're going to be very successful in 2020. You talked about the ground game. Registration in Arizona is always very close. Republicans have the lead at the moment. Independents have had the lead in the past. For the ground game, do you try and peel independents off, or is it register more people into the Republican Party who maybe aren't registered yet? Right. It's a little bit of both, of course. The good thing for Republicans is that the majority of those independents do lean to the right. They are center-right people, and they're looking for um, they're looking for sanity in the policies that are being presented. And whenever the Democrats give them people like AOC and Kamala and Cory Booker and and the Bernie Sanders and the rest, 
they say, we are leaving that. We want to go to something much more reasonable, much more rational. Um, we like to fly. We like to eat hamburgers. So those people are not for us. We want to we wanna go with something uh, a little bit stronger. So we're going to be working hard to register new Republicans, to let people who haven't been engaged in the political process understand what our policies are, rather than letting personalities dictate how they determine where they're going to vote. So that's going to help us. And then once we strengthen our base, we are going to be going for those independents and making sure they understand that this is their home, their political home is with the Republican Party. As we wrap this up, if you had to sum up what has to happen in 2020 for Republicans to pick up a majority in the legislature, pick up a majority in the congressional delegation again, pick up a majority in the Senate representation of Arizona, how do you do all that? Well, we concentrate on the things that make us strong, and that is the economy and making sure that our economy is strong, that taxes are low, that people are keeping more of their own money in their pockets. That is a Republican ideal. We don't think the government can save everything. We need to shrink that down so that we have more control over our own money. We have to make sure that, that our our communities are secure, that our states are safe, and that is border security. We're going to have to concentrate on that. As a physician, I know that the health care issue is going to be hot. We have to make people understand that big government health care means less health care for everyone. We want the free market to work so that, that people who are in the safety net get the care that they need, and people who are not inside the safety net are able to have the health care that they want, the health care that they deserve, and they don't have to wait around for a big government entity to deliver something and then expect them to be thankful for it. If we concentrate on those issues that make us strong, and we stay away from the things that are distractions that many times the media brings up or the, the, our, our political opposition brings up, we are going to go into 2020 very strong, and I think we're going to be unbeatable. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thanks for having me. That was Kelly Ward, the chair of the Arizona Republican Party. We now turn our attention to her counterpart in the Democratic Party. Felicia Rodolini ran twice for Arizona Attorney General, losing to her Republican challengers in 2010 and 2014. After Democrats scored significant wins in state and federal races last November, the party voted to keep her as chair for another two years. Rodolini says they're already gearing up for the next election. So there's a sense of urgency, of course, but we're really capitalizing on the infrastructure and the momentum that we built in the 2018 cycle. We had over 4,000 volunteers. Uh, at, during our cycle, we had 100 field organizers working very hard to get the vote out. And as a result, we had great success at the state level and in the House. So we need to just continue to do more of what we did in 2018 and build a 30 legislative district, 15 county program. When it comes to 2020, the, the two big marquee elections are the presidential election and the U.S. Senate election. Does that make it more difficult for you as head of the Democratic Party? You have to split your, your time, your allegiances, if you will, between the races, or is it just full speed ahead? It's full speed ahead. And that's why we're starting so early in 2019 to make sure that we have what I'm calling the Arizona plan, the democratic Arizona plan, where we have a, a base of volunteers, a base of organizers that are literally preparing for what's ahead in 2020 when we do have a robust US Senate race going on and a presidential race going on where we know funds, resources, people are going to come into the state to help Democrats win. 
Let's talk about that Senate race. Right now we have one Democrat in it, Mark Kelly, running against Martha McSally. It's an interesting race though, because even though McSally is the incumbent, she was appointed. So does that take some of the incumbency away and give you all and Mark, if, if Kelly, if he's the only candidate in advantage? Since Martha McSally was rejected by the majority of voters in 2018, I have a really hard time calling her an incumbent. She was really appointed to do the will and the bidding of Mitch McConnell uh, and the Republican far-right senators. So from our perspective, she is an easy target. She is very vulnerable. She ran a very divisive campaign and voters have not forgotten about her lies about how she voted um, on affordable health care and the 2.8 million that would have lost their protections um, if they, because of their pre-existing conditions. So for me, I can go and meet with anyone. I can talk to a group of friends. I was visiting with a group of attorneys the other night and guess what they said? They said, oh, that Martha McSally, she lied about affordable health care. I think she's vulnerable and I think our Democratic candidate will beat her. When it comes to registration, Arizona's voter registration is always very close. Republicans are at the top right now, but it's within a few hundred thousand between Republicans, independents, and, and Democrats. If we look at 2018, Senator Sinema won, Governor Ducey won, both statewide races. Governor Ducey had to have pulled some Democrats. Senator Sinema had to have pulled some Republicans. How do you bring the Democrats who went for Governor Ducey home, and how do you keep those Republicans who went for Senator Sinema in that Democratic tent? Well, you're right. The registration is close, and in the middle are independents. And to win statewide in Arizona, it's really about appealing to our independent voters, as well as Democrats and Republicans. I agree with you. Anyone who wins statewide has to have a fair amount of Republicans, Democrats, and independents voting for them, which means they have to appeal and they have to have values and messaging that matches what Arizonans care about. Right now, Democrats are the ones, in my opinion, who are much clearer in their intent and their advocacy to fight for what's important to Arizonans. Healthcare that's affordable and accessible. Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. Good public education that is going to make sure every kid has the opportunities that should be afforded to them. Those are democratic values and they're the majority values of Arizonans. When it comes to ground game, uh, registration again is going to be key and voter turnout is going to be key. Do you try and peel off independents to Democrats or do you just try and go out and register more people and register them as Democrats? Well, the, the role of the Democratic Party is clearly to increase the number of Democrats that are registered to vote. And that will be a big part of our program through 2020. And it's getting them on the permanent early voting list. Uh, it's helping them to make a voting plan and to get them engaged early on so that they are looking at the issues and looking at the candidates. Um, now, with respect to independence, our values, our candidates who are articulating um, the values that matter to all Arizonans, they will be appealing to all voters. And the, the values I talked about, they really transcend party politics and are talking about just good policy and good problem solving.
Republicans have already started going after Tom O'Halloran and Ann Kirkpatrick in Southern Arizona, hoping to, to flip those seats. How much attention can you give those when we have a presidential election and a Senate election? We always pay attention to our congressional delegation. And Republicans are voting for uh, Tom O'Halloran and Ann Kirkpatrick because if you look at their policies and their positions, they're thoughtful, they're reasonable, and they have a voting record that shows that they're voting on behalf of all Arizonans. They, the Republicans can try to take them out. I think it will be very, very difficult. We're sitting here in the old Senate chambers uh, in the state capitol. Not far from here are the, the current chambers. Democrats made a lot of inroads, especially in the House. Uh, one more seat and it's a evenly split. Two more seats, it's a majority. Is it time to change the, uh, the legislature in 2020? We came so close in some Senate races. Legislative District 28 comes to mind, for example. We almost had a Democrat in that Senate seat. We are looking at flipping both the Senate and the House in Arizona. Um, when you think about it, with those four seats that we took away from the Republicans, we have more Democrats now in the legislature than uh, since 1966, when this was probably where all the action was taking place. And I think that this means that we have more opportunities, we have seasoned candidates, we have more candidates than we've ever had before. Folks want to run and folks want to win. And in 2018, voters wanted to vote a split ticket. They put Governor Ducey in, but they put Senator Sinema in. They put Kathy Hoffman in. They put Katie Hobbs in, all in statewide offices. So, and of course, on the Republican side, they put Mark Burnovich in. But there, there was a nice split. So we also elected Sandra Kennedy back to the Corporation Commission. And we're going to have the opportunity to um, elect three more new corporation commissioners. And that's another opportunity for the Democrats as well. It's really about values. It's really about the majority of Arizonans, the majority of Americans think the Affordable Health Care Act is working and they've seen the benefits. So they wanna continue that. Kelly Ward, the new leader of the Republican Party and the Republicans in Arizona, as well as in, in the Capitol, they wanna repeal the Affordable Health Care Act. Um, Kelly Ward, the Republicans in Arizona and in D.C., they want to undermine Social Security and Medicare. They want to cut those programs. The Americans know that that's the greatest program that has eliminated poverty and prevented poverty, especially among seniors. So these are issues that transcend party politics, and it's going to be about who's going to best represent everyday Arizonans and who's got the interests of working families and moms and dads who every day are struggling to make ends meet and need leaders who are going to look at those issues and solve those problems. Thanks for sitting down with us. It's my pleasure. That was Arizona Democratic Party Chair Felicia Rodolini, and that's The Buzz for this week. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Ariana Brocious produced and edited the show. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Andrea Kelly is the news director. And our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening.
Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.